0: Now, listening to Chris Spiracy. Chris X Matt. We question everything. Break the matrix. We are the ones they fear. If we don't make the change, it's never going to change. Chris Spiracy. Yo, 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 yo. What's good, everyone? Welcome back. To another episode of Chrispiracy, the only podcast where we continue to break the matrix. That's right. Uh, I am your host, Chris X Matt, the one and only. There's many Chris's out there, but there's only one Chris X Matt, and that is me. That is I. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Piracy. Shout out to the young God, Nick Hinton, for blessing that uh, podcast recently. I just dropped that episode. Go peep. If you're a fan of Nick Kenton, and if you become a fan of me, thank you, you know. Thanks for the Subscribe, please. Leave a comment. Do all that. Do all that. You know, try to get the algorithms moving. (laughs) Okay, so today on Conspiracy, we have an interesting episode today because it all happened because of a tweet. Yes, that's right. Uh, About, let me see when this was. About on April 10th, 2021, I tweeted, how do I unlock the memories from my past lives? Asking for a friend. Obviously, I'm having fun in a joking way, entertaining way. But I'm also being serious because I have been watching, you know, Westworld. And just Westworld has really fucked me up, you know, in a good way. Like, it's just really making me look at shit. So it's so crazy because they're trying to, you know, in Westworld, the robots start, or the AI start remembering their past lives. And I know that our DNA holds memories from our past lives, but how dope or how awesome would that shit be if you could remember your past life, you know, memories like that shit would be so hard. And I think that's why sometimes when you have deja vu and you feel like you've been somewhere and you can't really pinpoint when in time that was, I think it's because you were there in your past life. So, I mean, that's some spiritual shit. Obviously, we're going to get into spirituality this episode because I just tweeted that right. And I, I, I've never had a tweet just go up like this one. I just tweeted some shit just because you know was just in my, I just it came to my it came to my um it was inspired by Westworld, and I tweeted it, and then it was a whole bunch of people. It was so dope to see everyone respond to this tweet because everyone had different responses. Some people said past life regression therapy. Someone told me to you know find a team in Assassin's Creed, and the whole game is based off of this. Some people said um, uh. Um, akashic record uh, readings you know someone said meditation everyone was saying different things but then there was someone that replied back and uh he asked me would you be interested in discussing this for a segment and i was indeed very interested in talking about this and i reached out to him in a dm i told him yo bro i would love to have you on my pod speak about about you know past life memories or trying to unlock these memories and then he tells me that he has like some experience as a hypnosis and someone who has also practiced shamanism so I was sold I was like yo if you trying to you know if you've done hypnosis on people to try to remember past life shit or old memories yo because I mean even if I can if I'm able if I could remember probably the memories I had when I was even one, two, three years old. Yo, I'll be I'll be so dope too to remember even those early memories. So I was intrigued. I was like, okay, cool. This this guy has caught my attention. Um, we gotta set this up. But to me, it was so crazy how a tweet just set this up. So shout out to Twitter, shout out to the community, shout out to everyone that follows, shout out to everyone that's you know tapping in with Chris Bearsey. Um so today I'm just very, very excited to have on the show uh pat Moyes. how you doing today bro
1: i'm doing great man thanks for having me on and thanks for you know just taking a chance on a stranger and and connecting like like how we did and we had a nice conversation we dm'd each other then we you know we talked for a while and we got into some really interesting stuff and i really appreciated it so thanks for uh thanks for bringing me on and i think we're gonna have a good conversation today
0: uh thank you first of all um because you reached out, and because we also like you said, we did have a conversation over the phone. I did forget about that before we did the, before we set up the recording, and we kind of just chopped it up probably for like a half an hour, I believe. And I was told You know, you seem like a cool person, and um, I'm just very interested. I'm very interested to in see what you have and what you have in store for us today. What you have to share for us today.
1: Yeah, that's cool, man. I so uh, as far as like the background with hypnosis and stuff, I let I let you know people listening know. I I studied and mentored under um, a master hypnotist who uh, has a lot of high qualifications, uh, one of them being he's certified to do medical hypnosis, which means if someone has an anesthesia allergy and they're not able to go into a major surgery like open heart surgery or something like on that level and they can't have any anesthesia applied, he is one of the only people in the state I'm from That certified or was certified i think he's retired now but that was certified to actually just simply using his voice and hypnosis to get them through a multi-hour like major surgery while they're completely conscious and awake uh, and experience no pain uh, when they go through that so that's the level that he was at and i studied under him for three years and then became certified uh as well uh, as a hypnotherapist and um, you know, practice in varying capacities and use that that tool in varying ways for, uh, you know, for many years, I, I, you know, I continued to tap into that. And along the way, as I was going through that, actually not along the way, but before I got to that point, I had experience with, um, with a, a shaman, with someone who had practiced shamanism and traveled for almost 20 years to many indigenous cultures and spent, you know, a significant amount of time uh, within his life learning from true shamans from different cultures and and after going through that process then I I studied with him for about a year and the experiences I had with him were just uh, unbelievable just remarkable stuff and that was really my introduction to consciousness in, in a way that was really personal and a powerful experience but it raised a lot of questions obviously so in trying to answer those questions about the mind and you know, the soul and, and what is going on with, with all of these experiences that we're capable of having within ourselves, uh, that led me onto hypnosis. And I found that hypnosis had a more scientific framework to describe these, these things that I was experiencing. Um, and so that's kind of how I, that's that, that's that thread. And then did that you, was about, did you say, how okay.
0: you, did you say how you met, uh, the hypnosis doctor? How did that, how did that connection come about?
1: Yeah. So, uh, it was actually, uh, the chain is, was right through the, the shamanism. So <laughs> it's kind of a crazy story. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the story. I'll, I'll give you the nuts and bolts if you want to hear it. It's pretty interesting. But you, but,
0: you met the shaman, you, know, you met the shaman before you met the hypnosis. Yeah, that's right. So okay,
1: okay. I, I, my, my, I have a younger sister and a younger brother and my younger sister had someone pass away in a car accident in her high school when we were younger. And he, she woke up one day Never before having an experience like this. And that person was seated in her uh, in her room on her on a chair when she woke up at like five in the morning, like five thirty in the morning. Mm -hmm. And she knew that I had a little bit of, you know, sort of idea about some like spiritual matters I was always seeking and, and looking at mystical things. So she called me right while it was happening and was like, Pat, so and so he's in my room right now. And so that started a whole process. And she ended up actually he guided her to his home where his family was and asked her to go there and relay some information to the family on his behalf because he knew they were like suffering. And he told her that he just, he knew that she would be able to see him. He just knew that. So that's why he came. And that was, so that's the whole story on its own, but we won't get into that. So when that happened after that, that day, you know, she said to me, she said, you know, I got to go, like talk to somebody about this. So I made some calls with some of my, you know, spiritual, mystical friends. And they suggested that I go with her to see uh, a person named Dottie who ran like a spiritual place, like a spiritual center kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so we, we went there. And then when we got there, this woman talked to my sister and in, you know, worked with her. But then as we were leaving, she grabbed me and she goes, oh, and you have to meet Ed. And I was like, who's Ed? And she's like, Ed, the shaman like as if I was supposed to know him. And I was like, all right, well, this is like crazy and surreal and nothing Mm -hmm. like this has ever happened, so all right, I will. So she gave me his phone number and I called him. And we were supposed to have a – like we were supposed to get together. He was having like a a class, like an introduction class to shamanism. Mm -hmm. So I was the only person that signed up, so he canceled. And he was like, sorry, Pat, I didn't get enough people, but I'll let you know when I have the next one. I was like, all right, cool. Well, that week, because I had already decided I'm going to do something mystical and spiritual – I decided to go to a spiritual uh, like center and and engage in some, you know, like a class like a workshop. And I got paired up with this older guy at this workshop and it was, it was Ed. (laughs) Neither one of us realized it, but we both went to the same thing the same day after we, after he canceled and we met that same day we were supposed to meet. And so that began my work with, with him like immediately we just kind of like clicked and it was really powerful. So then that went on for about a year. And when you go through these things, whether it's a past life experience or deep you know trauma that you're that you're pulling through your your consciousness, it can get messy and it can be challenging. So as I went through a process of dealing with a lot of the you know the painful things that that I had carried with me, that led me to seek more powerful ways to heal. And then someone along the way that I met, again through Ed, uh, suggested that I meet uh, this hypnotist John. and then that's where that's how I met him. So it was really I went there as a client saying, you know, hey, these are my challenges. These are the things I'm I'm working through. Do you think that you could help? And that quickly was effective. And I was blown away by how effective it was. So I went back to him after we finished, like as a client, you know, hypnotist relationship, I just went back as like a person. And I said, Hey, can you, can you teach me this stuff? Like, this is crazy. So he started giving me books and I, I read them. I read them like, like voraciously. And then I would go back and we'd talk about them. And he realized that I, I really, you know, I was really sincere in what, in trying to learn. So that formed a strong relationship with us that lasted for about 3 years I mean to this day but at that point for 3 years and then he said Pat you know much more than than most of the hypnotists that are already practicing you should just do do like take the test and so I went before the the some board members of the National Guild of Hypnotists which is the largest you know most credible organization where you can get certified to to practice they got like 70,000 members in like 110 or 120 countries and they've been around since like 1952 so they're they're very well respected. And then that's what that's how I became a hypnotist.
0: Okay, Pat. You said a lot right there. So I was it's safe to say that Ed changed your life for the most part. It's very interesting how you met him, like just through the way you through your sister's friend or whatever. And the fact that you met him on the same day, even though you like you guys called each other, you called him up. He wasn't able to meet. And you still, you guys end up somehow. The universe somehow ends up connecting you guys the same day. And obviously, you tap in with them to help you with some self of uh, healing. And and obviously, along the way, you want to try different methods of self healing. And that's when you come across the the uh John. And I didn't know that you had you know practiced or had this done to yourself. Um, when you said you've, you have, you have experience with that, that you meant that you've done it, you've tried it on people. So I didn't know Yeah, You've tried this method on yourself to try to, you know, heal your, heal some past trauma or whatever, you know, the case may be. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, like I said, so it's always, it's safe to say that Ed changed your life for the most part.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, felt like I had known him for a very long time. And I think he, uh, you know, he felt the same way. As we got to know each other more, he he had an interesting background. He was a, a warden of a maximum security prison for like his adult life mm. into his like late late 50s, maybe early 50s or so. And when he retired, he went on a journey for about almost 20 years, traveling across the world. When he was much younger, he had a neighbor who was a Sufi, like a like a mystic, and taught him meditation and mantras and right. different things of this nature so he got into prayer and then later on when he traveled around then I met him after his travels had concluded and he was kind of settling down to to teach for the remainder of his life he passed away several years ago but yeah he absolutely changed my life he opened me up to the infinite possibilities of you know the invisible aspects of reality which is like you know 99 percent or, or more yeah. of reality
0: yeah um, and you never try to take on shamanism and that wasn't, that didn't interest you as much as the hypnosis stuff.
1: No, 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 uh, no, quite the contrary. I, I took took it on and, and, you know, I, the more that I went deeper in my various studies, the less that the labels of the different disciplines mattered and it all became about consciousness and uh-huh. energy. And right. so you know, what you do in shamanism, what you do in deep prayerful meditation, what you do in yoga, what you do in anything that you could think of, what you do is it it all has to do with the same fabric of consciousness and existence. It's just various ways to tap that and and utilize that and, and engage with that. And so I, to this day, I've, you know, every time I evolve and learn something new and go deeper in a different field of study, it's not like I'm replacing one for the other. It's that I'm rolling them together into a kaleidoscope, and, and I continue to, you know, draw together the common threads of all these different, these different backgrounds and techniques and styles and cultures and ways of approaching, you know, right. spiritual,
0: spiritual. Do, connection. do you feel like it's necessary? Do you, well, not necessary. But how do you feel about people that say that you don't need a or that that look down on shaman on shamanism because there is a lot of frauds out here, people out here that are fake healing people that probably just need more healing themselves too that are not even taking that into their own hands um how do you think people actually need someone to help them heal or do you think it it's all depends on you the person
1: that's a great uh that's a great segue actually to get into the past life idea because i think that really we, we can talk about past life and really answer that question at the same time i think if you consider that most people who are looking for Mm -hmm. an external source Uh of information, right? They've gone through something. They have some question. They have some desire. They want to gain a spiritual power. They want to gain some spiritual wisdom. They want to gain some type of peace or some type of, excuse me, some type of healing. And the key to them is something external, something out there. And so – there's a lot of uh chance for manipulation like you said like there's a lot of charlatans out there mm-hmm. in every field whether right. it's tarot cards or mm-hmm. shamanism or hypnosis whatever there's a lot of charlatans and that's that's because of human nature that's not because yeah. of that that field right so
0: but healing is such a sensitive topic right so you know it's, it's it's easy to get to um you know have people vulnerable to the idea of being healed
1: yeah well so there there's a great um you know one of the most powerful lessons that i learned so in the middle of my practicing shamanism right uh-huh. i was getting into uh, traveling so there's a certain technique for healing that can be applied in what's called the middle world in shamanism which is like the astral realm you could say something like that and my girlfriend at the time uh laura was was her name she and i were together and she had a friend that she worked with whose daughter was very very sick at seven years old with like a very severe illness. And she knew I had been practicing these things and I was getting quite powerful. I was, you know, I, I was spending like two to three hours a day in intense meditative spiritual practices for, you know, over a year. So I was like, really a, the the force behind that builds up very strongly over if you stay with it. And so she said, can you heal this girl? Can you, or can you try, can you go? So I, you know, did my preparations and I, I went and I went to the hospital room in, in my inner world. You know, my experience of that, I went there and I met her hi, what do you want to call higher self or her soul or her spirit? You know, whatever. I met her though. And we connected and we had a conversation. I said, I asked her like, just to be polite. I'm like, can I, can I help you? Do you want any help? And she said, no. And I was like blown away. I was like, what,
2: mm. what
1: do you mean? What do you mean? No, I'm not even saying that I could help you, but you know, could I try? Do you want it? And she said, no. And I was like, what? And she said, no, you don't understand. She said, this thing I have, that I'm dealing with. I think it was cancer, uh, uh-huh. you know, for, for pediatric, but she said, this thing that I have, she said, this is not about me. She said, I'm, I'm trying to teach my parents something like mm. our souls, like are connected. And and so she said to me, I'm here for a purpose for them. And if you try and inf- you can't inflict a healing on me, she said, like, if you inflict a healing on me, you're going to deprive me of my soul's purpose. Wow. In this moment wow i was like it blew my mind dude it blew my mind and i i remember the email i still have the email i sent to ed at when i came out of that experience i came back to normal like waking consciousness and i adjusted back to the room and
0: um i just got the chills bro wow that's crazy oh dude that was the most powerful lesson i ever
1: learned from ed was that you cannot inflict a healing on someone because to do so implies right it implies that your mind your ego your egoic persona your conscious mind is so smart, right, that it understands the scheme of totality of existence. And that's Mm. obviously bullshit. Mm. So when people start walking around going, oh, you've got like trauma in your root chakra, and let me just like give you Reiki, and I can fit, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw, throw shade at people who have a good intention, but they don't understand that there's a reason why people are carrying these things. And you can't come from, as an outsider, and, and say that you're so good and smart mm-hmm. that you can heal somebody. That's just nonsense. And what the better move to do is to just simply take that desire to improve the world and focus that energy on yourself. And look at yourself, the log in the speck, in the eye. You focus on the log in your own eye. You know, don't be running around trying to heal people because 99% of people or some high percentage are doing spiritual work in a very sophisticated like egoism it's just Mm. like like you know it's materialism then you become spiritual and you're like oh i'm spiritual i don't (laughs) i'm not i don't have an ego oh i you know i'm a healer now whatever Mm. you know i work with crystals or i work with this and i'm not knocking that either that's that's beautiful but it's all just fancy mazes that gets us lost in an external world that's Ah, the problem really fancy mazes
0: yeah you know Fancy mazes I like that, bro. That's true. It really is like that. We get caught up in all these cuz I'm, I I'm I use myself for an example. I was the same way as far as when I started getting into the spirituality and and thinking that you know all these crystals are protecting me and I'm not saying I'm not trying to shit on, like you said, the, the the crystal community, nothing like that. Because I do like crystals that look nice. I wear them and everything. But I think we do get caught up in the in the maze of these things that are meant for healing sometimes. And like you said, we can't inflict the healing. You kind of... I like that, bro. That's fancy, right. fancy, right. fancy and, mazes.
1: And that, that gets into the past life issue, too. So let's take it a little further now. Let's take it a little further. Let's say... So I'm a hypnotist, okay? Let's say... So no, that, that's true. But let's say someone comes to me and they say oh, I really want to have a past life experience. Actually, let me tell you the other biggest lesson I learned from Ed, because that'll, that'll dovetail beautifully. So the first biggest lesson I learned from Ed is you cannot inflict a healing. There is a purpose to things beyond what you can perceive. And it's better to always be in harmony with God, with, you know, with the creator of all of us, you know, the, one, the one true God above all things. Like, it's better to be in harmony with that thing. And the, that principle in shamanism is called the hollow bone theory. Or not, not theory, but it's called being, being a hollow bone. And that means that you want to make yourself a vessel, a perfectly empty, empty, malleable vessel, vessel that God can move through. And so some at some point, you may you, God may move through you and you may actually do some type of healing activity. Mm-hmm. But it's not because you thought you should. It's because God moved you to in a way that you knew you had to because that's God's will for you to do that in the moment. And the distinction on that is, you know, a very fine line right. that takes to, that takes practice to gain the discernment, to have the wisdom to know when to do that and when not to. But the that's the first biggest lesson. But the second biggest lesson is in my last session, one-on-one session where I went and spent like three, four hours with Ed and we did a bunch of work together. My last session, I said to him, Ed, I really want to learn to see auras. I want to learn to see auras and this is and if you're listening to this right now and you're on a spiritual path i can't stress how important this next part is is period so i said i really want to learn to see auras and he said well why why do you want to do that and i'm like well you know because then you can what do you mean why like you can see it then you can see all this stuff like what do you mean like obviously it's better to see this stuff it's there it's a part of life and he said pat he said you never ask god for a spiritual power or spiritual gift mm. you think you think it's cool he said what you he said and he like and he he was a military guy like he was an ex-military ex uh warden of a maximum security prison so he was like tough as nails dude like you know st- like you would never know he was he w- was all this spiritual guy so he got tough with me he was like bang, he hit me hard and he was like how dare you how dare you? Because How many tools did God already give you that are dull, rusty at the bottom of your toolbox that you haven't even picked up yet? And you're over here asking for another one. Why don't you ask God to give you the strength and the discipline to sharpen the tools he gave you? And I was like, oh, shoot. Wow. And then he goes, and secondly, when you're developing spiritual gifts to be of service to others, you never ask for the gifts that you want. You always say to God, God. Please open up in me the spiritual gift or whatever it is that will raise up the most people around me, period. And that's what you go for. And that's what you seek. And that's why you seek spiritual power is to lift others up. It's not about the self. It's not about gratifying yourself. It's not about being cool. It's not about having a trick so you can do a thing at a show or whatever or he or inflict healings on people because you think you're smart enough to know who needs it and what they need it for. Right. Right. You know, so those were the two biggest lessons I ever learned. And I come back to them all the time. And by the way, I, I used to do it, too. Like, it's very much human nature. The goal bro, is to move through even, that as quick as possible. Even,
0: but it, it's even simpler. It's even simpler, bro. Like, you know, God gives you just like, you know, you, we want these powers. Right. But even just the power to walk, to see, to like just the simplest things, bro, that like we don't even that we take Absolutely. we take for granted, you know. So um, but I wanted to ask you, too. um, So because of ed you met john and john is the, the the hypnotist he was super into into all that um you've known him the last three years now you're a certified hypnosis as of today
1: oh no i've no, I've known john for almost nine years, oh, this, is nine all, years. this is all like oh, over 10 years ago this happened
0: like, oh. the, like this is a long yeah i'm
1: 33 now i met john of course you are in my <laughs> early 20s i keep
0: connecting so I, yeah. with 33 year olds i don't know why <laughs> no that's cool that's
1: cool um <laughs> but uh so I'm sorry, what was the question you
0: asked? Um so hypnosis. So you got you got curious to about hypnosis because you wanted to you wanted to unlock di- different levels of, of of healing, right? Why well, was, why, why did you yeah, want to keep ahead. why did you want to keep going, you know, more? Why wasn't this just the regular shamanism enough?
1: Well, it, so it was it was two things. On the one hand, I just I couldn't I could I didn't have a language to describe my experiences. Like for example, one of the things in shamanism has to do with spirit animals. So you see these like or you can develop a vision of like literal animals uh-huh. that can talk to you in shamanism. Oh, okay. But I, I couldn't figure out, like I started to think about it and I was like, well wait a second. Is there like is there like an invisible tiger sitting like is there like literally an invisible tiger sitting next to me right now? Or is it like is it a figment of my imagination? Or is it like my subconscious? Or is there like a tiger in my subconscious? Or like is it like an angel that's dressing up like a tiger so it can talk to me? What if or, you're or, what like, if you're like, what a tiger
0: is? in your past life? I say it again. What if you're a tiger in your past life?
1: Yeah, yeah. Or could it be a, yeah? Could it be something that my soul's experienced in yeah. another you know part of its existence? Or you know all these questions, and I'm like, what what is what actually is it mm-hmm. in a very definitive, concrete way? It, shamanism doesn't have a language for that oh. because shamanism is a mystical inner experience. It's not meant to be like it rationalized. Okay. That's how you that's how you block
0: it's metaphysical connection. It's metaphysical. Exactly. Okay.
1: And and so so on the one hand I was seeking more concrete way of understanding consciousness in the mind. So then I started learning about the unconscious, the subconscious, the conscious and all these different things. And on the other hand, you know as I went deeper with myself I realized that there was like this it's just it's late it's an onion that never ends it's just an onion that never ends and so the shamanism was working and somebody I trusted suggested that I meet you know that I meet Ed I I was dealing with um I was coming to terms with some some child abuse that had occurred you know to me by by a priest is what is what it really was I went through a challenging experience when I was like I don't know probably like six or seven years old It happened like three or four times with this one priest who later got arrested for, um you know, molesting and uh, some kids in my in my church.
0: Um, Can I stop you, you right know, there, real quick, Pat? I just want to say yeah. this to the listeners: that shit is real, okay. Like pedophilia in the church stuff is real. It ain't no just no cute shit and it's some conspiracy shit. Like people, little kids out here in the church really do experience some stuff, man. That shit really is real. So that you you just saying that on this on the show, you know, I haven't had anyone say that, so I had to stop you real quick because you just prove. A lot of people that think it's just some conspiracy shit and don't want to stop believing in the church, but continue. I'm sorry, no, no,
1: it's all right man there's a lot of us out there. there's a lot of people who it happened to and they suppressed the memories they repress the memories they don't even remember that it happened mm. yeah actually, that was something with me like i there were times in my life right over the over like the ten fifteen years of my life, I had like severe depression, I had anxiety, all kinds of psycho emotional challenges, you know yeah, real severe stuff and like Maybe some of it's hereditary, some of it's genetic, maybe some of it's lifestyle and diet or whatever. There's, there's factors, right? That can influence it and you can make it worse or you can make it better by these factors. But it was so deep. It was just, it was like this deep, dark thing I was just carrying. I was like, what is this? I remember, and I have text messages to family members and close friends over the course of like 10 years. And I used to say like, just like in conversation, sometimes we'd talk about things and I would just like, it would pause and I would go i don't know i'm pretty sure i got molested when i was a kid like i'm pretty sure i did like i don't know but i just had like a real strong like it was never like i wasn't obsessing over it but i just something that was in me yeah and then when i started doing the shamanism and going deeper into the consciousness stuff it came up digging deeper yeah i started to get flashes and stuff Mm. and i was like what is what is that what is that and it, it, it it wasn't the the visual visual part of it that was like scary for me the
0: trauma it
1: was It was like, yeah, it was like this surge of terror. Mm. And I've been through a lot of stuff. I've had like three or four like really brutal, gruesome, near-death experiences. I got jumped by eight guys and was like almost beaten to death. And I like whooped all their asses, (laughs) thank God, because I studied martial arts for like my whole life when I was starting when I was like really young, like four (laughs) or five years old. And, uh, you know, I got – fell through a jewelry display case and I severed like arteries and nerves and veins in my left leg below the knee, almost bled to death in a warehouse. Like I've had like gruesome shit, excuse me, gruesome stuff happen to me, but I have never in my life felt it was like a volcanic eruption of like raw terror, Mm. raw terror that I was like facing. I was like coming to face with and I was like, what is this stuff? Like, what the hell is this? And that's also part of what led me to, you know, to John, the hypnotist was I was trying to clear because what I found was that in my effort, and I think all of us, this is true for all of us who are true seekers and true mystics or on the path of mysticism and and connection with God is that as you go through the process of trying to, you know, purify the soul or perfect the self and and become a better and better conduit for God to operate through you, right? You find that the trauma and the fear and the pain and the repressed junk and the, all that stuff is like smudges on a filter. And God is like the light trying to shine through. So your goal becomes, well I wanna get all these smudges off my fil- off my lenses, off my filters. You can think about them as chakras or you can think about it as, you know, memories in the unconscious or, the, or in the subconscious or whatever, however you wanna frame it. You're trying to clean that lens so that guy can just be like pure, bang, right in you. So you that way you can be of the greatest service to the most people. Right you know? So, and going through that process, that's, I got a little bit on a tangent there with that, with that side of that story, but that's how I ended up getting into the hypnosis. It was looking for language to Mm -hmm. describe things, but also trying to, trying to heal that, that experience. And,
0: And you you know. And you found that language through hypnosis. You found, the hypnosis provide that language that you were looking for? Yeah,
1: yeah. And, and it provided a a sense of, you know, peace uh, around, you know, what had happened to me. And, it, it also stimulated a desire to understand the nature of that evil more, you know? And mm. I look at, like nowadays, I you know, you study different cultures. You study, like, Babylonian stuff. You study Phoenician Canaanite stuff. Mm-hmm. You get into Egyptian times. Mm-hmm. You get into the Templars. You get into free. So there's this whole thread right. of history that contains, you know, child abuse, uh, sexual magic, ritual magic, mm-hmm. uh, money money magic, mm-hmm. uh these things are always clustered in like cells the way that they show up in different cultures. And, you know, that's because there's like, that's cause there's like a group of people who have a very different worldview than you and I and most people listening to this, right. You know, and those people are in the shadows for the most part. Mm. People don't understand who they are. So I don't want to go down that tangent too much unless you want to go there. But, um, but basically that's, that's how I ended up getting
0: into the hypnosis. And, um, and but why, you know, why would why did you go even deeper into wanting to learn even the science behind it and get it, and you yourself start becoming and, and practicing it? Because, it's, you know, it's one thing just going to get healed and, you know, getting your hypnosis therapies and your sessions and all that. But to then eventually take interest in it. How did how did that grow? How did it grow into that?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, OK, here's here's the deal. Everybody you meet they may all, let's say you meet 10 people and they all have the same challenge that they're facing, mm-hmm. but because of their background and their personality and their experience and all the different factors of their lives, the same method of trying to be, you know, of service to each person has to be different. So the the best teachers, and I'm not saying I'm the best teacher, but I, but I, I have taught at the college level. I've tutored, you know, all ages for like over 15 years. I've always kind of tutored on the side. It's always been a thing that I've done and I'm, I'm quite skilled in that capacity the best teachers know the most ways to explain the same idea so if you can explain a simple idea three ways good If you can do it five ways good a true teacher can explain it an infinite number of ways any metaphor mm. any example any analogy can be created mm. and you you want to pick the best one that's going to connect with that person and in the same way when it comes to healing or trying to be of service to other people on their sort of spiritual journey don't think of it as healing so much it's more like Inspiring someone to go on the path of healing themselves, right? That's what it is The more tools you have the more effective you can be so if I meet someone who is a devout Christian and they're dealing with some emotional uh, Trauma, maybe it's like overeating or w- whatever the case might be.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, pr- I probably can't talk about spirit animals with them I probably can't talk about hypnosis with them. Yeah, it's gonna that's gonna put up a red flag but if I meet them and I feel their heart and I feel their soul and it's beautiful we have a connection Guess what? I want. St- I still want to help them. Yeah. So, you know, and if I meet someone who, you know, doesn't believe in God, they're an atheist. Well, I love that person, too. Mm-hmm. I want to help them, too, but probably can't talk about spirit animals if they're, you know, they don't believe in a spiritual realm. Yeah. So maybe I need to be able to talk about it like in a psychology context yeah. with one person mm-hmm. and, a, and in a Christ context with another person and in a, you know, and in an esoteric way with another person, yeah. a Kabbalistic way. So it was just looking for you know, tools and tools that's what it always was for, and that's why I got deeper and deeper into it.
0: Mm. so can you tell tell us about your first experiences of being hypnotized? Were you scared when you first tried it out? Were you excited? how did it how did it go?
1: Oh, yeah, so that's that's it's actually kind of a funny story i um so i at this point, the context for this is I've been studying the shamanism for oh, almost a year now. not oh, going on, so I was deep into meditative and spiritual experiences so i didn't have a lot of fear around it like i wasn't like oh what's gonna happen is he gonna is he gonna hypnotize me and get my my bank account number and like you know what did, i mean like make me click like were, a chicken like did you
0: already kind of know um did you already know uh john like you were talking to him prior to you getting the the therapy or you you met him the first day that you got your therapy
1: yeah so i i met him the first day we talked on the phone a little bit and his policy was to do like a consultation in uh-huh. person, you know, and no charge and he'll spend like an hour or so with you and he'll talk to you and answer your questions and he'll do a little bit of like a, an assessment to find out, you know, the style of hypnosis that's best for you and ask you some questions. And then he gave me a, an assignment. He said, go home and I want you to write down what you want to achieve out of this experience with me. And that was a very personal thing that I did and shared with him. And um, it wasn't even about I didn't write down like I want to, you know, deal with, you know, the fact that, you know, I got molested by a priest or whatever like I didn't even go with that into that it was like I want to be a vehicle for love I want to be a vessel for God I want to be like I just want to be a hollow bone for people and move like freely and in a mystical way in life I just want to like flow and be of the greatest service to the most people humanly possible that's my goal so that was like that kind of stuff It was very intimate very very personal and so then I went to him and we had our first session and I remember I, I wasn't like nervous but I just in the back of my head, I think part of me thought that I wouldn't be hypnotized. Like I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be, I'll get, it'll be great. And then – but somewhere in the back of my head, I was like, nah, it's not even going to work, dude. You, you know, you're going to overthink it. You're going to be paying too much attention to what he's doing and trying to figure out how it works and it's not going to work. So I go through the process and what he did was he recorded the uh, session for you like on a CD uh-huh. and he would give it to you and, and say, you know, you can listen to it at night before you go to bed to reinforce it. And so we, we finished the session and I, I come out of the hypnosis and I said, he said, great. He said, how was that? I said, no, I feel fine. You know, like whatever. And he said, how long do you think that was for? And I said, like 10, 15 minutes. And he said, oh, no, Pat, that was like 45 minutes. <laughs> and I was like, what? Damn. And I looked at the clock and I said, oh, wow, yeah, it was. So and then he said, do you remember? Tell me what you remember. So I started telling him and I said, yeah. And then we, you did this and then that. And I went through. And then he goes. Well, what about all this, all these things? And he listed like ten things.
2: Damn. And I was
1: like, I was like, what? And some of them I kind of remembered, like like fuzzy, like through a through a veil almost. And some of them I couldn't
0: remember at all.
1: <laughs> you know, I couldn't remember it at all. Can,
0: can yeah. you share? Like, what some of them were?
1: Um. Yeah. Let me let me think back to it now. It's been so long. That um, you that you were, were kind
0: of like, damn, that's crazy. I said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 amazing.
1: So I'm trying to think of the one thing. So there's a variety of, way, of techniques and ways that you can you can get into hypnosis. And one of the ways that you do an induction, which is you bring someone into a, a deeper state of, you know, hypnotic consciousness, which, by the way, I should say that everybody enters hypnoidal states, hypnotic states. So, for example, if you've ever, you know, been driving on the highway and you miss your exit because uh-huh. you're like, you're zoned out, you would say, or you're like, you're zoned. That's like a very light fit, you know, state.
2: Yeah. And it's
1: triggered by the, By the dashes on the road, tick, 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 it puts you, it lulls you into that state. Um, That's why, and this is a great little side note to people uh, and to yourself and and for myself to hear it again, the songs on the radio, Uh you think about those as the voice of a hypnotist that is planting suggestions into your subconscious. Mm. And when you're driving, those ticks on the road put you in a hypnotic state (laughs) and the things on the radio are burrowing deep, deep, deep in your subconscious mind. All day long. So I don't listen to anything on the radio with lyrics ever. Mm. Because what are the songs on the radio about? Ninety percent of them are about longing and pining for another human being to complete you. Oh baby, you broke my heart. You know, whatever. It's all these ideas. Yeah. What is that about? Lack. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. So that's some dark wizardry right there. Straight up that's dark
0: wizardry. Oh yeah. I like that. yeah, exactly, exactly. So <laughs> I like that conversation. So anyways, That's a whole different podcast, but yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you you already have that that conversation?
0: No, I mean, but I mean that but that conversation itself is just, you know, we can go on for hours with that. Of course, of yeah, course. So wood. so back Those. to
1: the back to the induction. So uh, a relaxation technique is one common way to do an induction, so you get a person kind of like to relax parts of their body and you go through. And then you take them through a deepener so you could take them downstairs or whatever. And the symbolism of that is triggering the the depth state and things of that nature. And so we went through a a series like that for maybe about like five, ten minute cycle. And then we did some deepeners. And then he did a process of like a metaphorical visualization where I went through this like journey that he kind of crafted, like narrative journey that he created Mm -hmm. that involved me you know, going through a forest and finding stones with certain words written on them and collecting them in a certain kind of a basket that I had weaved out of a certain kind of a grass that was growing in a certain area and then taking those. And as, a, as he's kind of like taking me through this journey, he's sort of, you know, planting the suggestions based on my requests, right? It's, it's not like he's got control of me. Like I'm, you know, I'm. He's, he's doing this to support my goals that I've laid out with him. So that's the context. And then we got to this bridge and he had me like drop these stones into the, into the water off the bridge. So it was like that kind of stuff. And then there's like, there's other, it gets deeper and there's like more stuff, but I, I don't really want to get into like the technical stuff too much. Cause I don't want to, I don't want like an overzealous listener to like do, try and do something. Cause you can, you know, it's a science and it's an art and Damn. you have to, there's training and there's a background you should have before you start messing around with this stuff. It, you know, if you're going to do it at all. So <sighs> that's the kind of stuff that, that, that we had done.
0: So after you, after you had your first session, um, you, obviously you enjoyed it and you continued doing it or what happened yeah so we
1: did we did three sessions mm-hmm. uh and we spread them out i think like several weeks in between each one mm-hmm. each one built on the prior one and then when you know i had finished he kind of just said you know pat like you're you know a lot of times people go to a hypnotist because they want an easy button right that's so the hypnotist they often, want an like, easy what they want an easy button, an like easy they want to hit button. that easy okay. button just uh-huh. get a quick fix to something. So like when I had my, like I had an office where I like had clients that would come, like I did it proper for the period of years. And during that time, you know, a lot of people will call you and they'll be like, Oh, I want to quit smoking. I want to lose weight. You know, those are the big ones that you get off the, off the rip. Then you'll get people who they want to have, they want to deepen their spiritual practices. They want to, they want to have a past life experience and they want to do you know, some soul searching kind of work and you get that too. But very few people, and probably in any modality of healing, very few people go to a hypnotist or someone of, of that, you know, right. that variety because they want to do deep, challenging, psycho-emotional work, right? They're going because they want some guy to talk to him for 20 minutes and change something fundamental about their life. Mm. So when people come to me and they want to quit smoking, I'd say, okay. Uh, Do you have friends that smoke? Yeah, my three closest friends that I see three times a week each all smoke all the time. Okay, are any of them trying to quit? No. Okay, are any of them supportive of you quitting? No. Okay, are you open to seeing them less? Not really. Okay, check. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, Okay, what about like, you you know, do you smoke in your car? Are you willing to like, let's start by focusing on getting you not to smoke in one area of your life so your mind can realize that you're capable of controlling the urge to smoke for example, like that's one, that's one way to yeah. approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I really like smoking on the way to work. Could we do another, like this one, you know? And it's like, yo, people come, they want an easy button. Yeah. So I didn't want an easy button. I wanted the hardest button, mm-hmm. you know? So my bond with John as a hypnotist was pretty unique and special because instead of me coming to him and being like, John, like fix me, make it magical. I don't want to have to do any work. I was like, John, where is the heaviest lifting I can possibly do? How do I get to like harder layer levels yeah. of work?
0: You were tapping yourself. within. say it again. You were tapping within like at the end of the day, like you had someone guiding you there, but that but you were taking yourself there
1: exactly, exactly.,
0: uh, so you do recommend hypnosis then
1: I, I recommend that people you know it's all it's all inner work the the kingdom's within, the kingdom of heaven is within the answers we seek are within. The peace that we seek is within. The power that we need is within. I wrote a note to myself once when I was going through this. It was like a little scrap of paper and I still have it. It's like all faded and yellow and I keep it pinned on a wall somewhere or I just like move it around. But it said, if it's not within you, you do not need it. And that's like a simple statement, but it's profound also. So I suggest that people try and and connect to God. Try and connect to God and ask God to guide you not just to the nice thing that you think that you need or mm-hmm. that you want to, to need. Ask God to guide you to whatever it is that you truly need, even if that thing is a challenge, even if that thing is painful, even if that thing is unpleasant and puts you in a situation where you have to make a challenging decision. You know, I remember one time I was reading a book and. I was probably like 19, 20 years old and it was like my first kind of like serious girlfriend. She was a couple of years older than me. She was, you know, very attractive and everything. And she had actually been my boss for a little while (laughs) at my first job. So it was like kind of a cool situation. And I'm
2: I'm
1: reading this book about, uh, I'm reading this book about love, right? It's talking about love in this book. And it says, uh, it says the greater love you want to experience, the greater challenges you have to face. Because anybody can love something beautiful. Love somebody who punched you in the face. Love somebody who stabbed you. Love somebody who killed one of your family members, right? That's, that's a more profound love. And yeah. you can't even get it unless you have a more profound challenge. So I closed the book and I closed my eyes and I prayed. And I said, God, I said, whatever it means, I don't care how hard it will be. I wanna go to a deeper layer of love. I wanna get to a deeper, deeper, you know, more powerful love. Even if it means something challenging, whatever, I don't care. Just give it, give it to me. And literally seconds later, my phone rang and it was the girl that I was kind of dating at the time. And she goes, Pat, I just, I want you to know, like, I want to, I don't want to see you anymore. I'm kind of into this other guy who was like a few years older than her. He was like (laughs) her version of like what she was to me. She had found for her and she was (laughs) like, so we're done now. And I was like, Oh, and I closed the, I hung up the phone and I threw it across the room. Not like heated, but I just like threw across the room and I looked at the book and I was like, I didn't mean that quickly, God. Like what? <laughs> it was crazy, but then, but then I thought that was the opportunity to really like have a, a love that didn't require anything back from it, you know.
0: Mm. Damn. So, what were some of the things that you unlocked during these therapy sessions? You know, like that you feel like it was past life memories.
1: Oh yeah. So I never actually, um, yeah. So, so one of the biggest things that I tell people, like I, you know, I still do a lot of work with people, uh-huh. uh, one on one, like you call it like spiritual counseling or what I, I hate to call it anything. It's just, we just talk about God and life and mystical, you know, mystical things. Right. But, um, you know, people, a lot of times I'll get people who say like, Oh, I want to have a past life progression. I want to like access my past life stuff. And my question to them always is like, first of all, why? Like why, you know, is it, is it kind of like how, when I wanted to see auras, is it the ah. same idea? Like, I, do you just want to do it cause you want to do it or, you know, or is it something where you're like, you have a, you have some type of tra- traumatic thing going on that you can't make sense of, like nothing logical about your life that you can, that you can think of, uh, you know, yeah. leads to an emotional situation you're facing. And so yeah. you're, you're thinking to yourself, well, is it from a different lifetime, you know, that I experienced, but here's, here's what I always say to people. Our minds are like meaning-making machines. All they do is crank out meaning and narratives about Mm. the things that we experience. And it takes a lot of training and discipline to be in control of that aspect of our consciousness. And so for an average person that doesn't have a daily spiritual or religious practice like prayer or, say, the rosary or meditation, whatever, if they don't have that, they probably don't have a real good grip on that meaning-making function that's spinning in the brain. So if you close your eyes and you do a thing and you have a past life experience, that can easily become a reinforcement of why a person thinks they're special, which, you know, people are special, that's fine. But, you know, it can become like, it can become not a helpful thing. So I never really sought, you know, past life experiences myself. I've done the work with other people. I've had things, I've had experiences. But ultimately, you know, I think it actually matters a lot less than people think because it, if your subconscious <laughs> wants to tell you something, it can create any type of visualization to give you that information. Facts. It could be a past life thing, but it could just be a, a metaphorical thing it's trying to communicate. It, how do you know? You don't really know, right? Unless it's within you, you might have a sense, an intuitive sense that, oh, I know this is a, a thing for me. So I always caution people with that. And uh, and I took that caution you know, myself also. I took my own uh, advice on that as well. So I have had past life experiences in in what I would consider to be past life experiences in my consciousness and, and things of that nature, but it was never something that I felt was important for my journey so much. You know, uh, it just just never really it never really was. And the, but that doesn't mean that it's not valuable and that and that it's not you know a real phenomenon that happens yeah. cause, because it is.
0: Yeah, man. Is uh, what does that even what what does that even mean? You know past life memories like what are what 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 are those anyways you know
1: (laughs) well so all right so take the mystical idea that we're all one thing we're all connected to one one thing we are Uh, all one thing right so think about this yeah i have some past lives and you have some past lives yeah but if you go deep enough into a mystical consciousness of unity and connection to all things oneness with all things if you go deep enough you are every life bro every single life is your life they're yeah. all your life you're the only thing that is yeah because there's only one thing that is so I am. where's the line between my lives and your lives really uh, it's a line of consciousness
0: yeah 100 percent like you said like why, why does it even matter to really try to figure out a past life experience
1: yeah I mean sometimes I've, I've heard situations where I, I experienced this one this is a personal one that I experienced not myself but with a with a client someone I worked with they had like a terrible claustrophobia, right? A terrible fear of small spaces.
2: Uh-huh. But they
1: had they had never they didn't have any reason why they 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 had a great childhood. They had, you know, no no real big traumas in their life. Like there was nothing for them that made sense with why they were right. so so messed up about this. So we did some work, and the result of the work was that they died like that. Yeah, they perceived. Yeah, they perceived that. Uh, that's crazy. You know, getting buried alive. They were buried alive and they suffocated to death, being buried alive in a certain lifetime that they had lived. Now, when that was done, because they had realized that and because of the work that I did with them out you know, beyond that realization, they were suddenly at peace with the with the claustrophobia stuff. And they they never like enjoyed closed spaces after that i mean maybe now it's been years since i talked to this person but they never like after that they it wasn't like oh great i love like wrap me up in a like a mummy and put me in a box you know no but they didn't have that like terror and that trauma response to it anymore they could they could rationalize it they could breathe through it they could you know and we we did an exercise like over time like we'd be in a big room and then we moved to a smaller room with the door open and then we closed the door and i'd have them visualize the room getting smaller around them until the the, the negative emotions got too high you know too much, and then I'd say, "Open your eyes quickly!" You're back in an open room, and we'd open the door, and we continue this process and, and do smaller and smaller things and, and activities until they conquered it, uh, because they wanted to be in command of their faculties. They did not want to have some external situation be able to like override their control of themselves. Wow. So that's why we that's why we worked through it. So that's an example of a past life application. But here's the question: Was that really a past life? memory for them was that really something that happened in another lifetime i don't know they probably don't know either but did it was it what was necessary to create the the healing
0: yeah yeah Yeah, it was how do you yeah because how do you explain phobia some some phobias because i'm scared of heights but i've never you know fell fell from the stairs or fell off a ladder or anything so but that's interesting uh, because i always thought that too like what if i died from heights in my past life
1: It it could, it could be, it could be, I mean, it could be something simple, like, let's say you're, um, you're three years old, right? You're four years old, and you fell down the stairs, like five steps.
0: And, uh you know,
1: you don't remember that, but your subconscious remembers everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And the next time you started going on the stairs, like you realized at some point that you had to go on the stairs all the time. So you, you can't be freaking out every time you go on the stairs. But you still have that little packet of information in your brain that's got that fear in it. Yeah. so that fear gets shoved down, <laughs> and then it starts to associate it with looking down and heights and the potential for falling and that fear yeah. and the, you know what I mean? It, it can come from something as simple as that. Like little tiny things to a child are like massive things. So something that as an adult, you wouldn't even blink twice at for a child can be the source of an extreme and, and like you know crippling trauma. Um, That's funny. And, and it can develop over time because then the mind focuses on it and it makes it bigger and stronger and bigger and stronger. And, you know, that can be something that, you know, can affect people.
0: Cause I, de- I like getting on roller coasters, but I'm picky on the ones that I get on. Like, I don't do vertical drops, you know, just straight down. It got to be an angle, some type of angle. <laughs> you know, I'm very picky. <laughs> I don't bungee That's jump. I'm not doing none of that. I, I'm very picky on the ones that I get on. That's funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like that. That's good
0: oh uh, man but it's all this is interesting you know because i never i've never talked to anyone that's been hypnotized as practiced hypnotism so you know that it, and even you that that's taking a liking to it so i just think it's it's it's, it's dope it's a different perspective to look at for i look at it from because i always looked at it as being scary you know hypnotism because when you see the movies Obviously, the last propaganda. I know they're scary, they are scare people, but when you see movies, it's always like some possession. It always seems like it's possession, you know. So I always, I always, I always seem drawn off to it. But I also know that everything gets inverted. So that's why when you said hypnotism, I'm like, damn, that'd be cool to talk about this because there probably is a positive side to this, and I just, I'm just scared of it because of everything that's been in my face and how they how the narrative portrayed on hypnotism. But I've never heard it being used for healing purposes, so that's interesting.
1: Yeah. Hypnotism is not so, and this is really an important distinction that, that I make for myself in my personal life. And also when I, when I work with people on things, I, I try and make this distinction too. Um, you know, if, for example, people practice Reiki, right? You heard of Reiki and hopefully your listeners are familiar, but the idea is you can channel, you know, life force, energy, chi or whatever you want to call it through your system. And you can use your, your mind to like, you know, do that on purpose. So the energy comes out of your hands. So this is called Reiki is a whole thing, but I don't believe in Reiki. I don't Reiki's not, you know, it's just what you're doing is you're tuning the dial of your mind to make a change in your energy field and connect to other energy fields. So in a similar way, hypnosis is just words. It's just people talking and people thinking,
0: but how do you, how do you get someone to that state of mind of just dozing off? Like
1: that. So it, it's actually, yeah. So it's not a dozing off. Actually, that's the common misconception okay. that, that people fall asleep. It's, it's not actually a it's actually a hyper focused state. It's actually the it's kind of in a way it's the opposite because they become very focused. But here, I'll give you an example. And I'm, I'm not going to hypnotize you here and I'm not going to hypnotize your listeners either. But I'll give you an example so you can kind of have an understanding of how how it goes. So, for example, you let's say you had a hard day at work. say we're buddies and we we meet up after work and we're going to go shoot some pool. Let's let's shoot pool. So we go to the pool hall and you're standing there and I can see you're stressed. I can see you're tense. And I said, hey, how was your day? You said, tough. So I said, oh, man, did you know that when you take a deep breath, right, you bring in a lot of oxygen to your cells and that oxygen actually helps us to relax? And you're like, yeah, I did know that. (laughs) So I said, great, Chris, why don't you take a deep breath now? It'll help you relax. And you're like. That's a good reason, and that's a good idea. <sighs> and I want to be relaxed, so I'm going to do it. So you have this filter process that you go through. So then all of a sudden, now you take a deep breath. And I said, and do you know that when you stretch, that oxygen helps circulate even more? Why don't you take a, go ahead and take a deep stretch? And you're like, yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that too. So your shoulders go up, your arms go up. Deep breath, <sighs> right, and a big stretch. Right. And you feel good. Well, guess what? You just followed two suggestions mm. that I gave you. So hypnosis is just a series of suggestions mm. and the suggestions get deeper and more specific as you go and you have a filter in your mind where you receive my suggestion with a part of your mind and then you have the choice to either A, repeat it kind of back to yourself in a, in a type of way, mm-hmm. re- re-give that suggestion back to yourself. That's called auto-suggestion when you give yourself a suggestion or You can think about what I said and you can be like, you know what, dude, I don't like breathing deep breaths and I'm not taking one. And you can reject the suggestion. You can kick it out. That's up to you. So when you know that my job is to help you achieve a goal that we discussed ahead of time and that I'm going to give you suggestions that support that. Also, I always invited people to I always encourage people to bring A a loved one or someone they trusted with them to sit to sit in the room with us So that way there's no no chance for them to feel uncomfortable or or to have any fear Because it takes it right off the right off the mind. I'm like listen (laughs) I'm not gonna like make you take your shoes off and cluck like a chicken. I'm not gonna (laughs) get your bank account over those things are from the movies That's not that's not really you know how that works now. Are there dark arts applications? of hypnotic technology, like mind control and traumatization and creating multiple personality disorder, dissociative identity disorder. Absolutely. Does that involve psychedelic drugs and torture and sexual trauma and this kind of stuff? Yes. That's a whole other field. It's related, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about using suggestions, powerful ones, to help you create and achieve goals that you have. So you come in to me, you bring your Best friend or your girlfriend or your your parent or your sibling or whatever someone you trust They're on the couch. They're they're on the chair. They're sitting chilling, and and we we do our thing and It starts with simple suggestions and what I'm doing is is I'm trying to think about your environment Think about your goals your lifestyle your mindset your biases your your fears your hopes your dreams the things that we discuss ahead of time and I'm using that information to weave a series of suggestions in the shape of a story of a narrative that allows your subconscious mind to grasp symbols so that it can start to put these seeds of ideas in the soil of your mind. And then your job is to water them every day with small actions that you take. So all hypnosis technically is self hypnosis. And I really emphasize that when I work with people Mm. and I teach them how to do it themselves. The 10 minutes before you go to bed is the best time to feed suggestions into your mind the absolute best time and then you water them with a routine in the morning so for example i want to be well i won't even give a specific you just you you give yourself your suggestions you keep them simple you use i am statements they're the most powerful for the mind to absorb you don't want complicated things like you don't want to be like i want to play uh you know i want to play a g minor uh, arpeggio on my guitar it's with the hardest one, and I want to do that really well. No no, no no, that's too much. What you want to do is give yourself a suggestion just like this: I am discipline. boom, because what does discipline do? Discipline practices every day so your your suggestion is I am discipline, and you're embodying the essence like the platonic essence of discipline what that means and then when you wake up in the morning for ten or fifteen minutes because you're disciplined. Obviously, you're going to practice, right. right? Like, it goes without saying, you don't even have to even mention practicing. That's going to be automatic. So, at night, you're going to give your, yourself the suggestions around that concept. In the morning, when you wake up, your guitar is sitting right next to your bed. You're going to sit out of bed, you're going to take a deep breath, you're going to say a little prayer, gratitude for the day, and then you're going to pick that guitar up and start practicing. Well, if you do that for three weeks, boom, you're a different person already. Completely rewired your brain, completely. So that's just like one small example.
0: What can you give us some examples of reasons why uh, some of your patients have came to you for some healing? Uh not yeah not I, their story, obviously, oh, but just not their story, obviously, but just you know why or just the actual premise or the reason why they come to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh two two come to mind who uh real special people. Real special people, both of them. I mean, all, everybody I work with is special and, and beautiful, but the, these people there was just something about the just the authenticity and the, the purity of their souls just shining right through their eyes. It was like a beautiful thing. Um, one of them came with uh with a heroin uh substance abuse issue. And that was related to childhood sexual abuse. So this was a person who had been, you know, kidnapped by a older family member when they were very young, taken into a remote area. The barn and things like that fed psychedelic drugs and abused severely for a very long time and as this person got older they developed a uh, series of drug addictions and a series of really challenging behavioral habits so this is and i'm not a psychologist i'm not a licensed medical professional i'm not a doctor i have no medical training of any kind I, i'm not advocating for anyone to do any you know, activities of any type that are medical in nature and always discuss with your doctor first. So I'll get all that out of the way. Um, so this is just me sharing stories about my life period. Uh, so this person came to me and had these things going on. So that was a very challenging, uh, experience for both of us. And it did not result in 100% complete and total changes, uh, that I'm aware of, you know, for the time that we worked together, but it did result in a lot of positive steps. And eventually I coordinated with this person's, uh, you know, therapist or a person who was like a licensed therapist that worked with this person. And, you know, they shared with me that the progress they made in the few months they were working with me was like considered to be like four or five years of progress in a clinical environment. It was it was really a ton of of growth and strides, uh, including getting to the root issue. It was through working with me that the, the root source of what had happened when the person was younger was finally able to be brought into the, the therapeutic conversations with the licensed therapist. So that was huge. Uh so in, in that in that person I just has just like such a special place. Right. In my heart, I think about them all the time. And uh I don't know where they are at this point. Um, but you know, I say a prayer for that person all the time. And the other person was a much lighter situation. Uh, you know, and I, I have a lot of different ones, but these two come to mind right away. Uh we had a social media addiction. So uh-huh. this person was you know, dealing with social media all the time and this is a great story about hypnosis so this person didn't believe in hypnosis
2: uh-huh.
1: didn't think it was real even if it was real didn't believe they could be hypnotized but really just was so sick of the hours and hours and hours every day on social media just doing stupid stuff so when i talked to this person i said i said what, what's what are the things that you see more than anything and he said selfies and food pictures so i was like great <laughs> so i was like great so we did less than 15 minute session when it was done, this person literally, literally, <laughs> this person came out of a hypnotic state, readjusted back to waking consciousness. And the first thing they do is they check their phone and they and they laughed and they were like, dude, that was automatic. I told you this wouldn't work. And I laughed and I said, All right, we'll see. So a few weeks go by. <laughs> I get a phone call from this person. And in the conversation, he this person mentions to me that, uh, you know, that he he started he took up a few hobbies you know, and he was telling me about them. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That, that's cool. And I had forgotten that we had the session. I had totally forgotten.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, it was just a one-off thing. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's been great. Ever since I deleted my social media apps from my phone, man, I, my free time is through the roof. And I didn't even make the connection. I didn't even remember that we had had the session. Neither did he. So he told me this, not even aware that it was the result of the hypnosis that we had done together. He just was telling me as if there was just something that had happened in his life. And I was like, Oh yeah, cool. And that was it. Another week goes by and we met up and we had lunch and we talked halfway through lunch. He looks up at me and like it got quiet for a second and he looks up and he goes, Oh my God, Pat, I forgot you hypnotized me to get off social media because I asked you to, Uh, I forgot you did that. He's like, I forgot we even had that session. But I deleted all my social media. I don't even have an account anymore. He deactivated his stuff. Got right offline. Damn. And the key suggestion, the key suggestion that I, that I gave him, this is, some, this is some like gold stuff right here. The key suggestion was this. I said, every time that you see a food pic, you're going to think about how many valuable things you could be enhancing your life with uh. instead of watching people stuff their face with stupid food. And every time you see a selfie, You're going to see yourself in your mind's eye improving your life by small habits and choices. Those two suggestions were key. And every time this dude scrolled through and saw a food pic or a face pic, every time, it just deeper and deeper. Until one day he was so disgusted that he literally just deleted all his apps. Totally forgot we had the session. (laughs) Beautiful. It was beautiful. Damn.
0: That's Wow, and when, it's really wild. And uh, you said that you don't you don't keep in contact with them anymore.
1: Uh, with him, I do. He, yeah, we became we became quite close friends actually, so we we're still in touch.
0: And and usually when these people, you know, um, damn because I wouldn't even say is it like a word of mouth type of thing because if any if it was, it'll take a while before it gets around because they don't realize it till you know a few weeks down the line after the session, huh?
1: Well, that, that's, that's not always the case. You okay. know, with him, it was, uh, you know, he was so con- convinced that it wouldn't work. And I, and I was just like, you know what, whatever, like, we'll, I'll, we'll do 10 minutes. We'll do 15 minutes. We'll do it quick. You know, we'll just see whatever, if it works, it works. And, and that was that. But then he's one of these people who, you know, he didn't want an easy button either. So his spiritual journey just began unfolding with that. And, mm. you know, I, I work with him. We, I've taught him some like Kabbalistic philosophy and some different esoteric sciences and some other things that I've learned and gotten into in my life that I, I deal with and utilize now. So uh, so that that relationship deepened and grew around that shared sort of mystical seeking. Um, but no, I don't I don't advertise myself. Excuse me. I don't advertise myself as a hypnotist. I don't hang a sign. I don't. I don't. I didn't frame my certificates over a very fancy, you know, thing. It's very, you know, not a lot of people have that. It's just like it's in between pieces of cardboard in a box somewhere. Like it's not for me. It's just like I'm on a mystical journey right. to see how close to God I can get in this lifetime, and on my way to do that, to try and bring up as many people as I can. And Boom, where, that's it. That's all I care about.
0: And where are you at in that journey?
1: I'm at the point in that journey where just like my friend in the hypnotic session, I forgot I'm even on that journey. Mm. <laughs> and that's where you really want to be, right? At, at some point, you travel the road.
2: Yeah. And
1: as the road unfolds in front of you, yeah. you reach a place on that journey where the road dissolves. Mm. And there is no road and there is no journey and there is no you and there is no nothing. You know what I mean? And that's, I don't mean to be like grandiose or mystical, overly mystical, but it's true. The, the ultimate thing that has to be accomplished on this journey of mystical seeking is you have to stop seeking you have to even just give up the idea that there's anything to seek and that's when things really start to get good and uh, it takes a long time to get there (laughs) and it takes no time at all it takes an
0: instant you know that's the beautiful thing about it wow wow um john do you think does everyone need healing
1: That's a great question that I have. Uh, I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. Is everyone need healing?
0: Some type of healing, whether it be a small, a big, you know, a lot of healing, a little bit, minute, whatever. Do you, does, you think everyone needs some type of healing?
1: I, I, let me. Can I? Can I kind of reframe the question a little bit so I can I can get at that? Okay. At that topic, yeah. So I'll say it like this. I'll say everyone is born as a seed, as a potential. And the full blooming, the full expression of that potential is something miraculous. Mm-hmm. Like a fully fledged human being in its full essence and potency is a divine being of mm-hmm. infinite power and love that is just a remarkable thing to behold. You, you, would, you would take off your shoes and fall to your knees to just stand in the presence of what a full, fully fledged human being is to express itself. and i think that everybody can continue to go deeper into that process of becoming what it means to be who they really are at their core and maybe for some people that means that they have to heal maybe for some people that just means they have to keep growing you know in a different kind of a way
0: um but growing is a form of healing say it again growing is a form of healing no
1: It, it certainly can be it certainly can be but let's say Let's say that for some people, the word healing might imply something negative.
0: Okay. And
1: maybe they don't want to have that connotation. So they just right. say, they oh, I'm just, grow- every day I'm growing, I'm getting yeah, better yeah. and better every day. But for other people, maybe they have some really visceral traumatic thing that happened maybe they were um you know beaten up or picked on really severely or maybe they were you know trafficked and in, in sexual into sexual slavery and something hor- horrific like almost you couldn't even conceive of how what that could do to a person and maybe they need to really like you know deal with that and so for them they think of it as healing and maybe somebody else is just um has a deep faith and goes to church or temple or right. you know, whatever their thing is. And they just think of it as, I want to get deeper in my relationship with God. So again, just like how I don't think of like Reiki and hypnosis and all these different things as like things, quote unquote, it's just all God right. and consciousness unfolding. Yeah. Same thing with healing and growing and all these, these are just distinctions that we make up, you know, based
0: on the context. I I, I do. I personally believe everyone needs some form of therapy, some form of therapy, Whatever form you know, I think everyone just needs someone to just vent to, someone to just, just say everything you want to say, and then just walk <laughs> out because it says it feels good sometimes, you know, just to just say what you want to say, because sometimes we be like we hold on to things, and well, I mean, I mean, speaking for myself, sometimes I hold on to things because sometimes I know how I can say it, and I and I hate ruining relationships, I hate ruining um just just saying things in the moment because I am very overly blunt. But I hate being like that sometimes because I have to sit back and think of how I'm gonna say some things. But it's, so sometimes I would rather just keep, uh, keep hold that weight on me and just not say anything no more. And then just just it'll just weigh on me. But the whole time I want to say something, you know. And when you finally say it, it's like wow. When someone you finally tell someone, it's like damn, it feels good. It's off your shoulders, <laughs> off your chest. Uh, so I, I yeah. believe everyone needs some type of therapy. Male, you know, women, man, woman. Everyone, little kids, just older, elderly. I think everyone just needs because it is. I guess the way this this matrix is set up, this video game is set up. A lot of people do experience traumas. You know, I've been blessed to uh, not experience any trauma growing up. I've been I've been blessed to you know be born in a situation where. Both of my parents are present. Both of my parents, you know, they're loving parents. They're, they're, they've always been together. They've never they never fight in front of us. They never even fight, have a fight, in, you know, at all. So I've been privileged to to live, you know, grow up a certain way. So me, someone like me, someone you know, someone that actually knows me personally, I listen to listening to this can be like, man, Chris got Chris got nothing to complain about. He's good, da da da. But at the end of the day, we everyone got something to complain about, you know. And you can't you can't some you can't overlook your problems just because. They're minute compared to someone else's problems, because if you're not content right now with yourself, if you're not fit, like, you know, sane, then you're not going to be a good person to the world. And you have to be correct before you can be out here, you know, ex- exchanging energy with other people. That's just how I feel.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100 percent. I, I think you're right on. And I, I think everybody has. So I might say it like this, I might say everybody has some stuff in their subconscious, their unconscious part of their mind. That needs to be, you know, brought up and 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 he and you know for healing, yes. for healing purposes, yes. right? Yes. And like, even though your parents are great, like, let's say, let's say you're like four or five years old. So let's say you're seven years old, right? And you're sitting at the table, and uh, and you go to reach for the salt or the pepper or whatever, right? And you knock over a glass and it breaks on the table, and your mom screams, uh... "Chris, Chris, don't move!" She's not yelling at you. She's not mad at you. She just doesn't want you to cut your hand open and have to get stitches and bleed. You know what I mean? But she yells. In your mind, that could become something that is wow. a, tra- a trauma of the psyche. That so this so simple. Like that.
0: something, something that's not even deep. You think it, it really it gets deep when you're at a young age. That's interesting. When you're
1: at a young age, it's so deep. Yeah. It just gets deep. The littlest things can just totally change the trajectory. And that, of a, I'll tell you. I'll hey, tell hold you one on, thing bro. You know, me, you know, my, my dad one time when I was seven, I was probably seven or eight. I used to think that life talked to me. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like life talked to me when I was little. And I, and I think it does. It talks to everybody if you listen. And I, I was driving with my dad and I was like having a conversation with God in my head, just like talking back and forth. It was how I used to roll when I was little. And I asked a question and he said, look and you shall see an answer. Like, look, I'm sure it wasn't like that, but it was like, look and you'll find an answer. And I looked, we were driving on the highway and I looked at a street lamp. And the, the second I looked at it, the light bulb went out. And immediately the first thing I thought was, okay, street lamp. It's really, really tall and it sticks out a little bit so if you think about the up and down of the pole that goes up out of the ground and then you think left and right when the when the lamp when like the light bulb like sticks out a little bit and it overhangs so in my little kid brain i thought oh so it's more up and down than it is left and right so that's like if i made that motion with my head that's a yes answer because therefore i'm, I'm going up and down with my head instead of left and right because it's longer now that might be convoluted and it might not make sense but in my little brain it made perfect sense and I turned to my dad and I'm like, hey, I just asked God this question and I I got an answer. And he's like, how'd you get an answer? And I said, well, the streetlight went out. And I, so I knew it was a yes because the, the pole of the lamppost was taller than it was wide. So I made that motion and I tried to explain it. And he goes, oh, he goes, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. He wasn't being mean or evil or traumatic. That just didn't make sense to his logical brain. Right. Yo, I turned off my connection to God in that moment. And it took me 10 years to turn it back on again. Yeah. I stopped talking to God in that moment, and I turned off my communication with with God. And it literally took me 10 years to reestablish that connection. And it was like meeting an old friend again. I burst into tears the moment it happened. I knew it right away, and I remembered that moment 10 years later when it, when it turned back on again. Mm. Little thing like that, you know? Yeah. The best they can. My dad, you know, my dad's not a bad guy because of that. He, you know, he just—that's just—he was just flowing with the conversation. You know, that's how—that's how we are as human our, beings. Yeah. Our parents but have not, trauma
0: too. Go ahead. Yeah. Our parents Is that? have trauma too. I said our parents have trauma too.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We all have trauma, mm-hmm. passing it on and passing it on. And it's only when a person steps up and stops looking for an easy button and says, "No, nah, give me the hard button. Give me the harder button. No, give me the hardest button." Right? And you do that. Pat, That's
0: Pat, no, one, no one wants to be accountable no more. Though, no one wants to take accountability even to deal with that, to face it.
1: You do. People listening to this too. do. Mm. That's enough. You know, it doesn't take fifty-one percent mm. of people in the world. It takes a small group of yeah, dozen people, two dozen, a hundred, five. Who knows? It takes a tiny, tiny group of people, one hundred percent committed. Mm. Something powerful like that to change everybody's experience of reality—the lie that we're sold by these master black magician propagandists, right? Fifty-one right. percent—that's that's how you get the majority. Da 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 da. Nah, nonsense. Yeah. Tiny, tiny group of people. That's all it takes. They just
0: have to be committed completely. It's funny that you say that about a uh, you know something so simple you know just like your mom hitting you or just even hitting you when you're younger because my mom always tells me uh because then i'm the the eldest so i'm the first born and she she was only she was 20 years old when she had me so she was you know a new mom she's learning with me she's learning as she goes with me i'm the i'm the experiment you know for the three other siblings i follow you know so she gets better with each sibling so with me like, you know, she is young. She she tells me, you know, she's honest with me. She, and she tells me, you know, I was super impatient when I, when, you, when I, when I, when you were younger, uh, I was new to this. Uh, I was just, I would always be yelling at you too. Um, so it, it, it's crazy that you say that because that probably does get imprinted. And I mean, I'm not saying probably it does get imprinted in, in the, in the subconscious at, when you're. As a trauma. A, yeah. Absolutely. So that's crazy because then, but then, but growing up. Dan, that's wow. That's maybe why. That's oh, I just thought about it. That's, that's why you're overly
1: blunt. <laughs> Boom. That's really where it comes from because you internalize that, and then you you know that what that becomes is that becomes like a complex that moves you, that moves you, or directs you without you seeing it and knowing it. Yeah. And so you so the way you interact with people is shaded by that lens. That's a smudge on that filter to go back to how we were talking before. That's a little tiny smudge. Uh, It's not evil. If you make up a story about that smudge, oh, my mom was a bitch. She traumatized me, this, that, the other. Not more smudges, not healing, opposite, more smudges. But when you you have peace and God bless your relationship with her is beautiful, you can talk about that and say, wow, I think maybe that's why I'm so blunt and I get frustrated with people and then I just (laughs) got to let them have it because it's like, that's how I but as soon as you know that <laughs> that's so true you unraveled it and now it's gone boom yeah. you're free now
0: and it's funny because I, she says the same thing about my grandma when my and my grandma my, i see the same attitude in my mom that i do with my grandma where my grandma's the same way oh no you know she's very been on her always on her feminist thing where i don't need no man i don't need no this i don't need that. and my mom's <laughs> just very the same way so that's funny that's funny because it's like the trauma continue
1: until you step up and go give me the hard button and guess what you've been doing it Mm -hmm. and you just this could be considered so in like a clinical environment like a clinical person would say oh chris had a breakthrough today but what does that mean it means maybe you had an aware you made something become aware in your mind or you open up a possibility of something i'm not even saying that that is accurate what i'm what i'm suggesting now but just it's something now that clicked and now that can become a healing Bro, and then what happens is you're not getting rid of your bluntness by realizing this. Uh-uh. Now you use it consciously yes. as a tool, which makes it more effective for
0: you. Thank you, man. Yes, Boom. perfectly said. Yes, yes. Learning, learning how to balance it and make it and using it for good. Yeah, and healing through all that. this. And honestly, bro, every episode is like. Me shedding a level of myself. Every episode I do is me unlocking something. I guess you know. I guess unlocking a new and past memory of myself some way exactly damn yes. that's crazy if you're living
1: right then every single thing that happens whether it's a relationship with the opposite sex or same sex whatever but a relationship or a friendship or right. a parental situation or a job or a, a book that you read or a movie that you see or a, a, anything that you can think of that happens as a part of an experience of life if you're living right it always is giving you a deeper and deeper access to god to your true self to your soul if you live in that way because and if you're not then guess what? Then it's just reinforcing all that unconscious stuff, the puppet strings, you know.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> man. We get deep.
1: We get deep. I had a feeling it was gonna be. It was gonna be deep. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you very much.
0: It does get deep, and, and it's always gonna be deep, bro. And 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 that's that's the fun part to me, right? Because I look forward to these episodes every time with people because it's always something new that I'm learning too. I never, I didn't know about hypnosis like that, so now. If it comes across my radar, I'm like, hmm, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna check it out. I'll do it. I'm i probably I'm interested now because I'm all for healing, and I'm not and I'm not saying oh I need it. And everyone because everyone tells me sometimes, Chris, you can you know you don't need all that. You could do it yourself. And I'm like I, I get that, and I know I know I could, but to have to have someone guide you sometimes is, is is nice too. And then especially when you connect with people a certain way and you know oh this is what they do and this is and they actually want the best for me. They want to help me out. And you let go. Once you let go, and it's dangerous letting go. It's dangerous letting go too, and giving your trust to someone too. That's why you have to be cautious and very wary of who you trust. When you, whatever type of healing, whether it be Reiki, whether it be this you know whether it be the readings that you do you always have to be wary and eventually that's how i go about my things where i build a connection with someone i I build trust with them and even whether even if it's through the internet i don't know why but i just feel like i can read people energy even through the internet through the accounts and i and i know sometimes that i can trust them and, and let go and let my guard down and let them do their thing remotely and you just have to be very very wary about that but once you let go bro and you find that connection with someone Oh man, it's amazing that the healing that the healing and magic that can happen in between two, you know, just the someone helping you out.
1: It's the most beautiful thing in the world. Two souls, two beings coming together and helping each other get closer to God. It's yeah. just the most beautiful thing ever. It's magic, and, uh, real magic. The the one litmus test, the that you know, this test that I always use, the reason why I gravitated towards Ed Duzanis and John D'Angelo, the the two two of my many mentors that I've had in my lifetime, Uh uh, which I'm very blessed to have had, is because they both insisted that I didn't need them. They insisted that I had what I needed. And they offered to help me find it within myself. So you meet a lot of those charlatans like you were talking about, like how you know if someone's whatever. My number one test is, are they telling me they have some special knowledge that I can't get anywhere else? Are they telling me that they have Ah. a special technique that only they know or something that, they, that I have to get through them? Or are they telling me that I already have everything packed inside myself? Mm. That's the key right there because you can't fake that. You talk to somebody for 10 minutes about any, anything spiritual or religious or esoteric or occult or whatever. And you're right. going to know in 10 minutes, are they one of these people who believes you already have what you need and they're on a journey just like you? Or are they going to be one of these people who fell into a fancy maze of spiritual egotism? You know, just tripping up and trying to get you tripped up. By the way, most of those people mean well. I'm not saying they're bad people, but I avoid them all the same. Like the friggin' plague, get away from me. Get your energy out of here. I don't want your words in my brain. I don't want your body in my space. Get your get your mind and your spirits and your all your attachments and your thought forms. Get it all the heck away from me. Don't right. want to be anywhere near it. Yeah. Cut it right out immediately. I have no tolerance for it because uh, time is too precious. I'm on this journey and I'm trying. I got this big mission. I'm trying to do and all this stuff. So. If you're not on that rhythm, then psh, be gone. Be gone from me, Satan. You know what I mean? It's like that, really. Though
0: it's really that simple, man. It's really that, and that's how, and that's how I've always been my whole life. It's so crazy, brother. I've never any type of negativity that comes into my way, whether it be through friends or people or anywhere, coworkers, any any environment that I'm in. I'm able to just. I'm never really in drama. I'm never. I'm because ne- I always. I'm able to just not get involved. I'm able to deteriorate from things. I'm. I'm I can read the room super well. I can read environment super well, and I feel like I feel like my intuition and the way I am, my bluntness, I guess, too, has what really has is what protects me and what saves me from um, just just trusting anybody and tr- cuz the time bro that i did trust somebody that's the first the very first time that i actually was like you know what i'm going to build with this person because um you know he was he's out he was on his spiritual journey and he's practicing his awakening and he's he started getting into shamanism and he was you know selling psychedelics and uh and uh he you know we were helping we were helping a family out and uh, you know, I have a whole home to myself. I have a house to myself, and we 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 were and we ended up uh, bringing a family. And I've told this story many times on the show, so people are probably like, "Damn, Chris, shut up! You told us already." Like, so I'm not. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to keep explaining it, but when when I finally did trust this person and, and want to work with him and collab with him, and and you know, I signed a lease with my dad to have a family live here in this in this house for a few months. I see, you know, he he's. I see him get. Possessed in my home, you know, and it, and it was the craziest, you know, thing and and that I've ever witnessed in my whole life, and it really forced me to tap even more deeper within, and and and, and because that was so traumatic to me, because I never seen someone, you know, this happened to someone on a full moon, you know, see him hissing and you know the eyes rolling back, and it just really like the like what you see in movies, really, like that's really what I witnessed, and it scared me, bro. It scared me, and that and I trusted this person, right? That's that's what I mean. I, I even my intuition in the beginning was telling me, watch out, Chris, watch out. Like, just you no, know, don't let your guard all the way down. But I was also on my journey and trying to work with, you know, with people and build community and, you know, work with others and, let you know, try to be with like minded individuals. And then when when I when I let my guard down and, and brought him in and try to try to move more with love and welcoming other people. This happened in my home and it was the craziest shit. It was the craziest thing, bro. And I and 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 I I finally processed it. I finally am able to talk about it. It's it's more lighter when I talk about it. It's not heavy. It's like it's not scary no more. I'm able to sleep in the dark again. Like I said, I've said this so many times. So they're probably like, shut up. But it was. That's That's crazy. that's, That's that's the scary part, bro. So I'm saying like because
1: i've had that experience also that that's why i'm saying it's crazy because mm. i i had that happen in my life no no go go, go ahead go ahead i'm just saying but like no,
0: I, I feel you go because, ahead go ahead you know
1: I, I witnessed that they call in shamanism they call it depossession work mm. so they call it exorcism and religious work but they call it yeah bro that's what happened that in was my home the specialty field that i was gravitating towards naturally so that's the work that i i was really ultimately getting into at the you know at the at the As I was was, towards the end of the one year of dedicated daily work, hardcore, intense stuff, I got to the point where I started being presented, you know, in very synchronistic ways with people who had, you know, different kinds of uh, things of that nature, and some of them were extremely severe, extremely severe, uh, very, very intense, like, like horrifying stuff. And the work that I was doing was, you know, in some cases, um, severing those connections, basically, put it it nicely.
0: And this person was doing a lot of healing, uh, healing work too, as well with um, you know, with the. We have this one uh, lady shaman that's around, that lives, you know, that's in, that's in this community. That she does, um, she does the like, you know, the what are they called, the cambufo stuff, the ceremonies, the five, m, five m e o d m t stuff. Oh yeah, sure. Okay, I'm familiar the, the with that, you know, The toad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I prefer tote. the
1: natural, you know, states of consciousness and all right. that. But, uh, and you know, some that. Well, he, he
0: but, was he was yeah. practicing healing through that and. I don't know. I don't know what happened with him, but I ended up cutting all my connect with, connections with him when that happened that night. And I was like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to talk to you. I blocked his number, blocked my social media. I was like, cool, he's out. He's out the picture. And
1: it lets him in. It lets him in. You know, you, 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 it's like, yo, imagine going to another country with no passport. You don't speak their language. You don't know their laws. You don't know their customs and you show up buck naked with no idea where you are. You just show up smack dab in this country and you start wandering around. Giving a hug to every stranger that you meet. How long is it going to take before somebody messes you up real good, right? So you're taking psychedelics. You don't have a grounded spiritual practice. You don't have a connection to God. You're not being guided by the wisdom of your soul. It's all your egoic consciousness. And you're going into other realms of consciousness. It's just like going to other countries. other places, physical places with physical beings that exist. All you're going to do is just get them messed up. They're going to hitch a ride on you. And you're going to come back here thinking you got wisdom when really you got a demon up your ass.
0: You know, bottom line. Bottom line. Yeah, bro. So, and I was always that person that I didn't, I didn't want to deal with that, with none of that stuff. You know, I, didn't, I never wanted, I never was into the Ouija board stuff. I never been into readings. You know, nothing like that. And it's just recently now where where I'm more open to it because I understand now just everything's intention. I understand now more. Just you know, there's people out here actually that are good people that are actually trying to help other people out. So I've I've learned. To just always be wary now, but always to just keep trusting my gut because my gut has really never let me down. And that one time, that even if even though it did tell me like, watch out, bro, it seems kind of fishy already before it even got to what it got to. It, I, I even felt like it was fishy, you know. Like I said, he was, you know, he was he sells psychedelics and all that, so he just trying to do some stuff even here in the house, in the home, and I questioned everything even from the beginning and the fact that. I was still told myself, no, nah, no, like it's cool, just let go like like it's gonna be fine, you're overthinking it, but no, my intuition still was was it was right it was I should have gone with it, so it really just taught me to know like it just it it tell it it just reminded myself, nah, Chris, really just trust yourself in your intuition because it's always been right, it's always been there to protect you, and like my mom always tells me uh she always tells me. Uh, don't ever think someone's, uh, you know, possessing over you or doing magic over you because I pray over you and you always have your dad praying over you. And uh, people are always you have loved ones. And when I do get my readings, that always comes up in my readings that they always tell me you have a lot of love around you, a lot of female protection around you. And that's exactly what I do have. So I don't move in fear. And that and that incident made me move in fear. It started eating me. It started eating my conscience every alive for like the for like two, a month where I had to sleep with my lights on. I can't, until this day, really, I can't watch uh, horror films the same anymore. Like, it really fucked with just, just. I never thought I would experience something like that. So when it did, it was it was just like, man, you know what? I really got to just start practicing spirituality. I can't let this defeat me. I can't let this eat me eat me alive right now. Like, nah, nah, I can't let this beat me. Because once I start thinking about it, that's when I'm going to start seeing things in the house and everything. And no, I can't let it beat me. So the more I talk about it, the more I, I told people about it, it was like me processing it and me letting out my system. And now to a point where I'm totally fine, I'm okay, I'm able to deal with it, I know what happened, I could joke about it. Um, it was serious, you know, and there's three people that w- that witnessed it with me and that were here during that. And I, I'm very close with th- those three people still to this day. And we all saw the same thing, and we were not on drugs, we weren't on mushrooms, none of that. We were. Mm-hmm. We all saw the same thing, and it was the craziest shit that I've ever experienced in my life.
1: That's a trauma that you carry. See, earlier we, you were talking about how you had a good life and good family and all this stuff, and you don't have this is recently too this kind of thing. But that is a severe trauma. But I also want to suggest to you.
0: This was um, can I tell you that, when that was, was this was oh, go ahead go ahead I'm sorry this was in August of 2020. The, the, August of 2020. Yeah, the 30th. Yeah, so go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I'm sorry. I, it was you're cutting a little bit. In it was. I didn't mean it was the
0: directly. 33rd week of the year too. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so I wanted to suggest to you that, uh, let me put it like this Could you foresee a possibility, right? If that hadn't happened to you, if you hadn't had that traumatic experience, that you might have gone down the road and maybe become in a similar situation yourself, perhaps over time? Could you have, if seen that situation would have, if that curious situation, about consciousness and stuff, and could have opened yourself up to something negative? And maybe because that happened, it put the brakes on that path and it got you back to basics real quick. Mm. You know, that's now I'm not saying that's why that happened. That's a story. We make up these stories. Right. So that could be a story. It's valid. You know, who knows? But I think that the most valuable way to contextualize trauma for ourselves and for the purpose of healing is to put that trauma inside of a story that is enriching and as, you know, a depth to our journey. And gives us uh, like a ladder uh, in our journey and, ha- and helps us. And so whether that's made up or not, ultimately all these stories we have, all these narratives that we have are made up. So you may as well make up the best one that's the most empowering and gets you the furthest on your spiritual journey to be of service to other people. Um, and that's probably why you bring it up a lot. Like you, you said, like, oh, my listeners, you know, they've heard me say. But each time you tell that story, right, you are diffusing that emotional charge a mm. little more by making yourself more and more uh, accustomed to aware of it. And you gain control back over your, yes. over your faculties.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. I couldn't function for a little bit and it, and it was, it was the worst. It was the worst I had. And, and I felt, and I feel sorry, you know, and, and you know, cause I have a close friend, the one of the friends that experienced it with me. Um, I feel bad because she was trying to heal with me. You know, she was trying to help me. She was trying to, like, you know, be here more. And and I felt like, no, I don't want no one around me. I closed myself off because I had that family, you know, that family was living with me that was living here, too. So I had a house full of people and I felt so lonely. I I just I didn't want to be around anyone because I didn't know who to trust. I I was I kind of blamed her. I asked her, like, did you bring this type of energy here? Can I trust even you? You know, so I was. I just, it was, it was, it was traumatic, bro. It was super traumatic. And I feel like even like my friend that I kind of pushed away too, as far as, you know, like I I was, I kept telling her like, no, like leave me alone. Like I have to process this myself. I have to do this by myself. I don't want to do it with someone. I don't want to do it your way. Um, I have to do it my way and I have to figure it out because I just can't have you do it for me. I can't have you hold my hand through this because then it's not, huh?
1: She couldn't inflict a healing on you.
0: Yeah, she couldn't. You know, and she and she wanted to go do. Re- she did. You know, she got Reiki done on herself. She did her method. She did what she wanted to do. And you know, we we even went to the beach and they cleansed in the water. They, we know they we all did our own kind of thing. But I was so turned off But what happened that I didn't want to give it no mind. I didn't want to go get healing for because I didn't want to just. I just wanted to avoid everything that was going on I was like I'm done with this Like I don't know I, I'm I'm tapping out for a little bit And it was it was just a turn off to the whole spirituality stuff Because I felt like once I finally tapped into it And started moving with love and light And then this got presented to me But like you said earlier it, it, You made a point to where It was probably to bring me back down to reality As far as hey bro relax Like it's spiritual That that, that psychedelic stuff That motion stuff It's fun and all But relax you know you You have to stay down here and um, but, yeah, it was traumatic. And, you know, if you're listening to this, you know who you know who you are. I'm sorry if I did, you know, kind of just was was rude and mean and blunt or whatever. But I just really had to do this myself. I had to process it myself and I just really had to just sit down, take some time. And eventually, you know, the, once the family moved out, I was able because I ended up being again by myself in the home. So it was it was just a, a being like, you know, it, it's scary. And it, it is scary because you're by yourself again. Your mind starts playing a little bit of tricks on you. Um, I'm sleeping with the light on because, you know, I'm telling myself, oh, I'm not scared, but I'm really am yeah, scared. And eventually I, de- I dealt with it. I was able to talk about it. I'm mean, cool. You know, I, I got my I got my little crystal started wearing them whether. Whether it's true or not, they work or not, but in my head, it makes me feel better that these these crystals mean that they're protecting me. Whatever, I'll create that belief in my head. I'll I'll trick myself. I'm fine with that. But I just had to find my little methods of trying to, you know, just like you said, gain back of game back of uh, control of my facility. And once I did, um, now I I, I I feel like I vibrate way higher. I feel like I like I that was needed too because it, now I, I I'm. It was just a different angle to, to life too. It's just something that not, not everyone has seen or experienced and not everyone will understand. And that's fine. I'm not here just telling everyone either. I'm only I only tell certain people this. And when this conversation comes about, I tell the people, but I'm not out here just going and telling my coworkers or telling my family members or telling everyone, hey, look, this is what happened. This is what happened. But <clears throat> but yeah, the first person I did call up mom guess what happened yeah this yeah yeah like we're not taking money from him nah we good like nah we figured nah we good because then they didn't really need the rent money like that my parents but it's just the principal but i told her i'm not taking money from him and um um I'm sorry if we you know if you if you need money for them but they're going to stay here the family's going to stay here for a little bit but we're not taking money from this guy because we're not taking no type of energy transfer from him no more like I'm good you know we're counseling him out I saw what happened I know what I saw with my two eyes and we and we out we're counseling him so just dealing with all that bro it was like it, it it was traumatic and I never like right now I'm really just sitting here and and, and just speaking with you and I'm really thinking about it because I haven't even really put too much thought into how traumatic it was. You know, it was a scary moment. It did traumatize me, but I always thought like, "Oh, I'm over the trauma. I'm over the the scare. I'm over the traumatization." But deep down, it still does. I can does hear re- it in your voice. Still, I can hear the intensity. It still in your does voice. replay in my in my head, bro. From time to time, it still mm-hmm. does replay, but I it doesn't affect me no more. I am able to deal with it. And honestly, what what really keeps me even calm is my dogs. They're in here with me. I'm like, if you're not, if y'all not tripping and barking and anything like that. I'm cool. I'm chilling. I'm you know I'm so they're really I feel like they're my protectors and they're really honestly the what keep me kinda sane, which is crazy.
1: That's that's beautiful. I, I think um the way that I mean I can hear it in your voice the the, the emotional uh intensity. I can hear um the I don't want to say stress, like I'm not saying you're stressed out, but like as you share that story, I can hear the stressors in your voice, mm. you know, being being raised because it's eliciting it's that powerful reaction, even though you, you have processed like that and, right. and got to that point where you can talk about it. But I would say that that actually, you know, I, and this is how I would think of it is I would say um, that that's a gift and that that's a deep well for you and that the more you draw from the well of that traumatic experience, the more wisdom. That you're going to be able to unpack from it, and the less charge that will be around that, and that might take a while to do. But I, but you're on, you're on a path of doing it whenever but, it's but right Pat, for you to do but it. But I, f- right
0: I feel you. I feel like it had to happen. I feel like now when I look back, because there's there's a, there's a lot I didn't tell you about the story. You really have to. You should go check it out. The I've said it so many yeah, times. Listen to the other episodes where um, where you talk about it. Yeah. But I feel like it did. I needed it. I needed it to prepare me. For the for the spiritual battle that we're really in every day, you know, and this is just the beginning. And especially if I'm taking this path that I'm taking as as a podcaster, as creating a platform, there's going to be a bunch of energy coming my way too. So it it, it kind of was prepping me. It, it I felt like I needed to see that, I needed to experience that, and even the lady that was here, that like I said, you know, her name's Una, and I love Una. You know, she was here, the one that really that she's just amazing and I feel like I had to meet her and the way I met her and the reason that I met her was because she was supposed to protect me she was supposed to do this because literally the next day she got her money that she was waiting on her $60,000 that she was waiting on and it was so crazy because she like she was dealing with that with the lawyers for so long and literally when when she when that happened and we cut the ties with him and we didn't want to talk to him no more and we and we both said we're not we're done with him we're not speaking to him she was blessed and it was so, it was amazing because I'm like, yo, like you did your, and looking back, I feel like you did your job. Like, I, that's why I met you. Like, you, you were my, you saved me because you, you, you show me what this person, like, like Una's just a, you know, she's, she's amazing. She does readings and all that too. She, she, you know, she calls herself a, 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 a fairy. You know, she works with the fairies, but she's, uh-huh. a, but she's a healer as well. And she's amazing, you know, with her, with her children. She has four kids with her. So she's amazing, but, and, I feel like that that me meeting her the way even that she ended up living here for the month or two months that she was here was it, it, it had to happen for a reason and I I grew so much from that experience and I understand when you say that you can still hear it in my voice because I'm not gonna lie to people like it's like I said it's I'm not sitting around all day dwelling on this dwelling on it but it does you know replay from time to time it, it is something that i that I, it comes across my mind and it flashes back like damn that's crazy i did if only people knew you know sometimes when i'm watching like certain things <laughs> or when i'm around certain people and they're talking about movies and i'm like if only y'all knew <laughs> <So> <laughs> right, right. Definitely, the movie is so real life it, yeah it's, it, it like definitely, it's real it's all real you it know it definitely is. plays a part bro it definitely still It i guess you could say it definitely still kind of triggers me but I'm glad that I'm at the point. You face that trigger. You face that trigger. You face that trigger. And and
1: the more you face your triggers, the less power they have. Yes. Over Hundred percent. Boom. That's it. That's the bottom line.
0: Bingo. Bingo.
1: And that that connects to the placebo thing. Like you mentioned that crystal thing. I want to come back on that before we get too far, you know, too far away from it because you brought up a really, really great point there, Um, and it just kind of slid through in the story. But like, you know, it just was like in passing. But you're saying that, you know, you wear this crystal or whatever it is. However, you work with them, and you don't really know for sure. Like maybe it's real, whatever. But like. You believe in it and all this stuff. And the the point there really is that, you know, placebos are not effective because a placebo is medicine. Placebos are effective because the power of the mind is absolute. Mm. That's
2: Mm.
1: why auto suggestions are so important. The power of the mind is absolute. So absolute that you can take something that has no inherent power it's got no inherent power by itself. And the mind can believe that it has power. And then that power will, will play out. Mm. Well, guess what? If you get yourself to believe a simple suggestion, I am discipline. I am discipline. I am discipline. I am right. Now right. you're waking up and you're doing push-ups every morning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're not going to Dunkin' Donuts. You're yeah. having you, you know, you're eating an orange every morning. Yeah. You know, you're not going for coffee, you're going for tea. So those thoughts manifest as Patterns of behavior, habits in our life, and the goal is to weave that web as consciously as possible, utilizing that power for positive growth, transformation, releasing our limiting behaviors, and then helping other people do the same thing. And that's how we build the army up, you know, of spiritual. You know what I mean? That's how. Yeah. You, that's how you get there, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I just want to mention that too.
0: I like. Yeah. I mean, it's all about the power of belief, bro. And who knows what i guess it's just be smart of what you try to put your belief into like or or maybe just the intention be good intention you know so if you if you're putting good intention into these crystals that you think they're protecting you then if like, it even goes back to like corona right if you're going around not thinking you're gonna get it and not thinking is whatever then you have i feel like you have less chances of getting it you like without even just thinking about it. And the people because the people that are most masked up protected gloved up sanitized and everything are still getting the virus so it's like you guys they, care about right. it more but you, you guys are it's a thing in your mind in, oh, in your world and it's i hate you know saying it because i don't like sounding insensitive and whatever i don't care sometimes but it don't exist in my world like like that, that stuff don't exist in my world like it's a thing in the reality this world that i do live in but in this house that i'm in this inner world this inner matrix of mine this it ain't a, that ain't a thing i don't care about it. i don't pay that on mine and um exactly but yeah exactly. placebo effect bro i completely agree yeah
1: yeah it's amazing because it, there is like there is like an inner matrix and an outer matrix like I, yeah. I, I was thinking about this today actually i was driving um in between appointments at work and uh and I was uh, I was just thinking about the Matrix for some reason just popped in my head and I was like you know it's crazy because Neo wakes up right from uh-huh. the Matrix like the, the external Matrix the machine of the Matrix right? right and he becomes his real physical self now he's not a, he's not like a, a you know digital self mm-hmm. and but then he transcends that and gets the power in the physical yeah. real world uh-huh. that he's living in that's another layer of Matrix and that's how we are where we're in an internal and an external Matrix the external Matrix is the, the you know the physical world the Saturn time cube right to talk about like uh, like got Nick Hinton's like theme like the way he gets into it he talks about right. it in that context right. it's like a physical astrological archonic matrix of energy that's some type of simulated reality or whatever that is okay but then the internal matrix is all of our thoughts and thought forms and beliefs and unconscious and subconscious you know ideation complexes all these forms that we build up in our minds that are then limiting us. Inside of that limited matrix, right? So everyone wants to break out of the physical matrix, like the real matrix, the external one. But really, you lose your power because of the internal matrix, right? That's mm-hmm. where you want to dig in. That's the hard button, right? The easy button's like, I'm gonna t- attack the world. I'm gonna, def- I'm gonna fight the world. Yeah, nah, nah. A man who conquers himself is one thousand times more powerful than a man who can conquer an army yeah, of that, enemies.
0: And, the, and that, I just tweeted this the other day where I said you. I, this is me, Miss Hatfield. I, I feel like you can't change the world, but you can change your world. And that's what matters the most because I, it, it's a ripple effect. If you change, if everyone changes their world for the better, then this world will be a better place. This matrix, this matrix as a whole, as a collective will be a better place. But it just sucks that we have to create that indiv- our individual matrix among this matrix because to stay sane, honestly, at the end of the day, to stay sane, bro.
1: Right. And then we can then we can fuck up these dark magicians. <laughs>
0: <laughs> man, yeah. bro. We got we, need, we fuck, need, fuck need, these fuck these dark wizards, man. <laughs> I hate these guys. Oh, man. It's just it's <laughs> just in, everything's just interesting, you know? And just you know talking more about I guess you know like I said every episode is a healing episode, bro. So this episode I didn't know it was going to go this way, but and I was not expecting this type of conversation. Um and we didn't necessarily get into unlocking past lives memories but this is it still and it still turned out great because I think we still even need to deal with the things that you probably you don't even think you need to be need to be dealt with and again why are we trying to figure out our past life memories that happened in the past life bro worry about this life worry about the (laughs) memory worry about the memories you can't control like come on like why are we and i'm thinking about that right now you know i did tweet this out saying i want to and it's cool it just sounds cool unlocking your past memories trying to figure out what happened in the past but again i say i have the same bro that i say all the time we focus so much about what happened in the past and trying to figure out the past to prevent it from happening in the future that we forget to live in the present and we gotta Mm -hmm. just stay here in the present Like we have to worry about this lifetime what happened when you were one years old bro what happened when you were two what happened when you were a baby were you circumcised like at birth you're fucking terrorized bro like think about you gotta gotta think about the smaller shit and we, we and and this is I'm talking for myself, too. We worried about our past life. No, we got to worry about this life, because even the shit that you think is not traumatic really is traumatic. And I'm not saying this to be so you can be a little sensitive ass bitch and just be crying all the time. No, it ain't about it ain't about that either. It's just about taking accountability and taking and trying to figure out why your actions are the way they are, why your characteristics are the way they are, why you do the shit that you the way you do it you have to tap within we got to go all the way back bro as far as you can and if that means that you can remember shit in the womb then so be it i'm trying to remember those things too because i probably do need some healing like what if you your mom slept on you wrong every single night and you have you have you, you know you have phobia of always being squished too you know you who knows not right. i'm look, now i'm looking Absolutely. at it completely different bro so I, I, as soon as you have a, a consciousness in that womb then you know, you you have memory, I feel like, in this lifetime. Fuck the last lifetime. Fuck the future right now. What's happening? What can you deal with in this present time, bro? So I do appreciate you for that because I, I you, you're really making me look at it even from a whole different perspective and looking at it from, a, from the smallest of angles that I think we need to focus on. It ain't always the bigger angles, the bigger perspective. It's the small little holes that we're avoiding. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you, man. Thank you for being open to, to new possibilities and new ways of looking at stuff. And, you know, you got you got incredible energy. And I can tell just from – we only talked, right? So we met, like, what, on the 10th of – we met, like, less than two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. We talked in a DM for, like, five minutes, and we had, like, a half-hour phone conversation. And then, then we did this. That was it. That's the only yeah. background that we have, right? And so, you know, I just I – just, it's so enriching to me, and it's so valuable, and it's so beautiful to meet authentic – people like myself that are seeking like myself to grow heal to grow to evolve to improve to be of service to others and that are just trying to link arms and make a difference in the world and you know it's just a beautiful thing so I really appreciate you and I appreciate you you know giving me a microphone to come on and share my some of my experiences and some of my perspective about things with your audience and I know it's, it's a beautiful thing and I really appreciate it thanks for like flowing with this and making
0: it happen, Pat. Thank you for your services. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm gonna speak on the behalf of everyone. You have helped. Like, thank you because you know not everyone um does that. Not everyone's capable of healing or leading people in the direction of healing in the right way, in the positive way. So, thank you for your work. You know, thank you for reaching out. And um, I d- hopefully we cross paths in the future, physically in this in this matrix, because it would be it'll be a pleasant conversation. It'll be a pleasant time. So, thank I you look for your time. forward to it. Look forward to it. Can I hey
1: can I can I get one more thing in real quick, like like last like 20 seconds? Just, just uh one more idea. Go for it, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks. So I just wanted to say, because this is also from something you mentioned before, that when we deal with our traumas and when we dig in, it is messy. It's like a sewer pipe bursting, it's disgusting, it's awful, it's terrible. Mm. And oftentimes the people closest to us can actually get secondhand you know, trauma smoke from mm. that process. And it can be messy and it don't. It's not because we want to hurt people and we want to be crazy and be psycho and be neurotic and be you know psychotic or whatever the the, the outgrowths are of it. It's just that's the nature of the process. And when you realize that everyone's going through that in their own way, it helps break from the judgment and the stories around that stuff happening. And so you know, on you know behalf of anyone who's ever caught that secondhand smoke, <laughs> not in a good way, um, you know it's nothing but love and I hope that's true for everybody on that journey and when you have that experience from the outside then later when you go through something and it affects other people you get that consciousness on the inside too so Mm -hmm. um, God bless everybody who's trying to grow and become better today than they were yesterday man God bless everybody
0: I'm gonna leave it right there man thank you Pat I appreciate you so much and I'll have everything linked in the description so they can go follow you if they enjoy what they heard this episode so appreciate you man Thanks, brother. Appreciate you too. Peace. You have a nice night. Yes, sir. Man, I'm like I said, each episode really is therapy for me. Each episode I really am shedding a layer off of me. And it's amazing. I've had so much amazing conversations on this show. That I don't to me, I won already. Chris I already did what I was what I wanted to do with my pod, to be honest. Now it's just about building and, and I guess getting more eyes and, and seeing more shit. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, hold on, bro. Gotta chill. Yo, Pat, you gotta chill, bro. I, I gotta close this shit out. <laughs> and no, uh, um, shout out to Pat Moyes. Um, you guys can follow him. i have him tagged and everything. But yo. Again, this conversation was because of a tweet. I tweeted some shit out just to be fun, fun and games. I didn't know it was gonna do what it did. And it booked me an episode. Shout out to Pat, man, for real. Hypnosis. I'm sold on it. I'm open to it. And I sold on, I'm open to it. Interesting. I've always saw it from a negative connota- from a negative perspective. But he really changed my mind. There's really people out here trying to find different ways of healing. And man, I never looked at healing like that, bro. Like for real. Shout out to Pat. And I'm so sorry for all the noise in the background. The, uh, I'm not recording in my environment right now. Shit's under construction right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, everything's a, kind of a mess right now. Not a mess, but just, I'm not recording where I usually record. I'm out in the open. Um, I, the landscapers weren't supposed to come today. It was supposed to be tomorrow. They showed up Then grass. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you guys hear some noise. It is what it is. Um, I'm working on sound, though, because I don't even care if it's whatever because I care about sound, and my sound got to be crispy as fuck. So sound is going to be better soon, just soon, 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 soon. Conspiracy is going to get way funner, I'm telling you guys. Real soon, it's going to get way more fun, and I have more shit coming for you guys, but I'm not going to speak on that. I'm going to shut up. I don't know why I brought that up. Thank you again, Pat, so much. I appreciate you, bro. Interesting conversation, interesting way of looking at things, and I'm – um. And I'm all for these type of conversations. This is not conversations I can have on the everyday. So when I'm able to have conversations like this with people that I meet on the Internet and be able to talk to them. Come on, man. Like this is I want already with Chris This is what I wanted to do this shit. I'm building my little connections as far as people that are everywhere that are like minded so I can go anywhere and not feel like I'm just the only one there. And I know I'm not the only one. There's many of us. There's many of us. There's many of us, man. Um, so I really enjoyed this episode, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I know I'm gonna shut up about the fucking story. <laughs> I do talk about it a lot, but sometimes it just has to come up in the conversation. It's not like I'm gonna. I honestly don't have it in my in my notes or anything here. Like, oh, I'm gonna talk about this because it's something to talk about in the list. No, I trust me, trust me, trust me. I do not want to be talking about the same thing all the time, but this how to come up in conversation so yeah thank you guys for listening and i will see you guys next week chrispiracy okay grab your folders in your bags it's the end of class good looking chris x matt we'll be sure to make it back for the next session that you're hosting see you right in the next show and grab your folders in your bags it's the end of class good looking chris x matt we'll be sure to make it back for the next session that you're hosting See you right here in the next show.